Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in on this Sunday evening. What a blessing to be together as Answers from Antioch looks through the lens of the Bible and takes today's news and current events, giving the right perspective from God's Word. Thank you for tuning in. My co-host, co-pastor Josh, is with us today as well. And we've got a lot of info to share with you, so stay with us. Important things that we need to know and how do we view things today. I think that's extremely important in our day. So you stay with us here. I know the Anglicans met in a meeting actually in London there this week. Queen Elizabeth sent them a message and in so doing she said these words, the teachings of Christ have been my guide my entire life. Seventy years as queen and she wants them to know that the word of God has guided her life and influenced her decisions And that is so important, my friend, for all of us to know and to remember. Not only does the Word of God affect and direct and guide the Queen of England, but the Word of God affects and directs and guides each and every one of us, regardless of who we are. And I believe she was emphasizing that to that Anglican group that were meeting there for their conference And I certainly agree with her. God's Word is our guide. And with God's Word, we can certainly get the right perspective on what is happening around us. Thank you, Queen Elizabeth, who is openly a Christian to others around her. I understand having been in London on occasion and been privileged to preach through part of the UK. I've been blessed to hear people speak of the Queen as a very open believer in Jesus Christ, open and vocal believer in Jesus Christ. And that's a blessing, isn't it? Someone as prominent as she is, her dear late husband, uh, also uh, a very vocal believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving Christ for salvation. May we have more leaders that would testify to that and practice this wonderful life of Christianity. No greater life in all the world. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. was asked the question once by an atheist. What if you're wrong, Dr. Bob Jones? What if you're wrong and I'm right and there's nothing after this life and you have wasted all this time and effort? Dr. Bob Jones did not hesitate at all. He said something like this, I would have wasted nothing because the greatest joy and peace I've ever experienced in my life has been during the life as a Christian. Never ever have I had a greater time than the days and the years that I've enjoyed being a child of God. So never is it wasted. If there's nothing after this life, I rejoice in the wonderful peace that I have right now and the joy of having His presence with me. What a blessing and how true that is. What a blessing this week. For the first time in months, the Christian flag flew above City Hall in Boston, Massachusetts. 
Once again, Christianity was out in the public square where it should have never left. Yet, because of those who do not appreciate Christianity and despise Christianity, uh, there had to be a U.S. Supreme Court ruling to allow the Christian flag to fly again over the building there in Boston, Massachusetts. And, you know, friends, we are reminded that you and I are to ever, ever be vocal in our Christian faith. Ephesians chapter number 6 tells us to put on the whole armor of God, that you can stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. You and I must put on the whole armor of God, and we thank God that he's given us an armor against the devil. You know, Ephesians chapter 6 says one of these pieces of armor is that shield of faith. Above all, take the shield of faith whereby ye can quench all the fiery darts or the fiery arrows of the wicked or the wicked one, Satan himself. He's out there shooting the fiery arrows at you and I and certainly it means to destroy us by shooting those arrows, my friend. Never forget Satan would love to destroy every Christian as quickly as possible so they could never be a witness for our lovely Lord Jesus. They could never tell others about Christ. So Satan, if he had his way, would destroy every believer, and every time he shoots those fiery arrows at you, his plan is to destroy you. But thank God, as we learn in the oldest book of the Bible, in the book of Job, that God has a hedge around each believer. Every one of us has a hedge around us, protection from Almighty God. And when these arrows of Satan comes toward you, these fiery darts, these fiery arrows, and he means to destroy you, destroy your life, destroy your influence, destroy your family, when he shoots those, don't forget they have to go through the hedge. And when they get to the hedge that God has placed around you, these fiery arrows are transformed into what I believe Peter was talking about in chapter 4, 1 Peter. That is the fiery trials that are trying us. And when the fiery trials come, Peter says they're to build your faith. They're to make you stronger and to make you a greater Christian. So what Satan intends for evil, God changes for good. Hallelujah. For that shield of faith. You take that now. You put that armor on by faith every day. And our Lord will cover you with his armor, that helmet of salvation, the girdle of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, the sword of the Spirit, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We have the whole armor on, and Satan shoots the fiery arrows at us. And when he does, our Lord's hedge around us transforms that to the fiery trials that will actually build our faith. Hallelujah. You and I, although evil is intended against us from Satan, we have the promise of God. Aren't you glad for that? Praise his holy name. Now, you know, I was reminded this week elections took place in Tennessee and some other states around, and there was votes made and cast, and 
uh, winners and losers. Uh, one thing, though, I'd like to make a statement on, and that is that every politician, every person that holds public office must give an account to God first for their votes and their decisions. You and I give an account to a holy God, and every individual that's in public office will give an account to a holy God on their conduct in office, their votes, and how they're cast. I'm somewhat alarmed, well, I should use the term greatly alarmed, at how many people have moved from their views of the Scripture and holding to the Word of God for guidance and many of them are moving to what is economically best for the state or the nation, uh, what's going to bring more harmony, uh, and leave their hold on God's Word. You have such patriarchs of faith like Queen Elizabeth, who says the teachings of Christ have been my guide throughout my life. And then we have here in America those who are uh, somewhat... Uh, questioning whether they should vote their faith or vote according to the scriptures and they're vacillating on what we should do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to please God first. You see, there is a higher law than the law of this land. Absolutely. There's a higher law. They need a law. Any legislator or House of Representatives or Congress or Senate, be it state or national, there's a much higher law that's supersedes and trumps every one of their laws. And what is that? That is the law of God. That's the ethical law of God. And when that is obeyed throughout the history of humanity, when the law of God is obeyed, when the ethical law of God is followed, we are blessed. And when it's disobeyed and ignored, we are cursed. And be that for any nation whether it's the nation of Israel or the Canaanites or any others or any other nation on earth or America, we're blessed only as we follow God. So I must say to all of our officials and say to you as well as myself, as we vote and cast votes, let's follow those who are first of all going to follow God's ethical law, follow what God says in His Word, and then the rest will fall in place. I think the New Testament has it placed correctly when he says to first of all seek the kingdom of heaven, then all of these other things will be added unto you. And that is absolutely correct no matter what age or day we are living in. Read uh, the Old Testament prophets, and you'll see how that uh, Israel went through times of material prosperity. They went through times where they were blessed materially, and they were growing, and they were protected, and they were following God. Then they went through times when they had economic success, but they turned their back on God, and God let judgment come against them. You see, following God, number one, is first in our decisions in elected office or in our homes or in our businesses, in our churches. We must follow what thus saith the Lord of God. So don't forget the law of God, the ethical law of God, set forth in the Word of God, always supersedes any other law that might be passed.
And I'm afraid today that many people on both sides of the aisle, Republicans, Democrats, whoever you may be, will follow what they think is best for the economy or what will bring the most harmony or this, that, and the other. And they won't look to God first and say, listen, the Bible says abortion is wrong, abortion's wrong. The Bible says that same-sex marriage is wrong, same-sex marriage is wrong. And we're going to stay with this. We're going to stay with God regardless of the outcome of our decision or what others may feel about it or think about it. God must be pleased first of all. Then he will add his blessings to that and not before. So I wanted to say that because I see people slipping away from taking the truth of God's word and letting that be the final decision in their decisions, in their homes, in their own personal lives, in their businesses, and of course as they vote and as they make decisions in different realms of life, follow God first. You will never be wrong. May we realize that truth is ours continually. Well, I have the privilege of having our co-host with us, Pastor Josh, who's coming now at this time and sharing some great truths. Thank you, Pastor Brad, and thank you to our listening audience for tuning in. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Answers from Antioch, brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. We extend to you an invitation to come and worship with us at any and all of our services. Maybe you're just passing through our area. Maybe you're new to our area and you've just found this wonderful radio station. Uh, Maybe uh, you are uh, someone who is just close by and, and doesn't have a church home. We'd love to have you come and be with us. And you can find more information about our church on our website, AntiochBristol.com. You can also connect with us on our church Facebook page by searching Antioch Bristol as well. And right there on our website, you will find the audio recordings of this radio broadcast and the podcast version as well. We have a Monday through Friday 10-minute program and this weekend edition that's 30 minutes long. And I encourage you to go to AntiochBristol.com and you never have to miss another minute of Answers from Antioch. Also on our website, you will find our live stream of our services and links to those different platforms that you can find us on as far as our Sunday services uh, live stream is concerned. Alrighty, well this weekend prayer events were happening all across northeast Tennessee, southwest Virginia on school campuses. I love this. Every year, the first weekend of August is set aside as the weekend of prayer over schools. Now, the state of Tennessee has officially recognized this and has designated the first weekend in August as the weekend of prayer over schools. And thankfully, it has not been confined to a Tennessee thing, but it has spilled over the border, so to speak. I live on the Virginia side of things, and uh, it is here in uh, Virginia in, in different areas. 
the Bristol area and other places in Virginia that border Tennessee throughout our listening region. And you can find much more information about this. Now, here we are on Sunday evening, and much of the events, if not all, have already passed over the course of Friday and Saturday and today. But you can know what's happening next year when it comes to these things. And the best way to find out that information is to visit the official website for this special prayer event. And it is www.prayforstudentstnfortennessee.com. Let me give that to you and make sure that you understand that website. It's pray, P-R-A-Y, the number four, pray for studentstn.com. On there, you can find the schedule of events. You can find contact information. And maybe even this is the first time that you've heard of this and you would like for your church, perhaps, to adopt a school in your neighborhood and maybe a school that your own kids go to or grandkids go to. And you say, I want to host a prayer rally here next year. Or maybe you want to say, I want to get involved with something that's already happening here next year. And you can find out much more about that Oh, hundreds of campuses, perhaps across our region and certainly across the state of Tennessee, where these prayer rallies have taken place over this weekend. And I am a great advocate of prayer uh, in any way, shape or form, not because the powers in our prayers or the powers in our ability to pray, but because our uh, prayers are powerful because of the one that we're praying to. It's not in us. It's all in Him. And when we go to Him in prayer, we are seeking His face. And we know that He is able to do anything, anywhere, at any time. We serve the God who makes the impossible possible and who has invited us to seek Him for something that even seems to be impossible and to know Him in an intimate way through this wonderful gift of prayer. And I think prayer is oftentimes one of the most talked about, perhaps, but least exercised spiritual disciplines that truly exists. I don't know, maybe it's just me from a pastor's perspective, but I get phone calls every single day and text messages every single day. And when I get onto social media, uh, and I, I really try to limit my time there, especially as of late. But I see prayer requests. I hear prayer requests. People are constantly sending me prayer requests. And I'm more than happy to pray for those. I, I'm not saying that it's any kind of aggravation or annoyance. Not whatsoever. I'm happy to take those things to God in prayer. But how often do we share prayer requests with each other, but we very seldomly do we take those to God? How much time in prayer do we spend with those prayer requests and for those prayer requests? Do we take those things seriously? It's one thing to talk to each other about our prayer requests, but it's an entirely different thing to go to the one who can do something about it when we go to God in prayer. And so this Tennessee weekend of prayer over the schools 
is not sponsored by any one group or any one denomination. Although the First Priority School Ministry does a lot to spearhead this, along with other sister organizations and working through local churches to put this on. So it's not just one person doing this or one group doing this, but it's something that all churches, all Christians can get involved in and happen not just this one weekend. It's my prayer that we would see this grow and expand into something that would continue on throughout the years from day by day, offering up schools in prayer. Can I challenge you, as the school year is beginning, and many of the students are going to be back on campuses across our region uh, this week, even starting back tomorrow into schools, that we be in prayer for our local schools. Maybe take the school district that you live in, the elementary school, the middle school, the high school, maybe some private schools, and put those on your prayer list. Pray over those schools each day. Maybe one day you want to spend praying for the students. Maybe one day you want to spend praying for the teachers. Another day praying for the administration and the staff and the coaches. Maybe another day praying for the families and the issues that may be surrounding the kids that are in that school. And you can uh, turn it in to your own prayer list. You can be creative with it. This is certainly something you can get the whole family involved in and praying these things together, praying for your community together. You know what often happens as you begin to pray for something like that? You begin to think about the needs and you, and you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to work through you to see, you know, maybe the teachers need some resources. Maybe they need some extra school supplies. Maybe I'll call the principal and see if there's a supply list that they need. And that could open up a doorway for ministry for you right there in your local community and your neighborhood school. And maybe there's a Bible club that needs to be in that place. And maybe you can step up. My wife and I did that for several years in a local school, and we loved it. And we thoroughly enjoyed our time with that ministry. And maybe it's something like that that God will open your heart to. It may be just a ministry of prayer right now. And that's, uh, forgive me for saying the word just. That's a bad habit of mine. I need to break it. Because when people say all I can do is pray, that really um, strikes at my heart because there's so much that prayer can accomplish. All I can do is pray that that shouldn't be in our vocabulary. We need to say that I need to focus on prayer and I'm going to be in serious prayer about these things and about this school and about this community and about those children that are going to that school. Who knows? Only eternity will tell what has been set in motion through the prayers of God's people. Maybe you cannot go onto the campus due to health concerns or something that you have physically that's holding you back from getting involved in ministry like that. But you can pray and God can speak to other people's hearts who are physically able to go and to work and to do. And so let's all work together and pray together for our local schools 
and for the campuses all around us. And while we're talking about prayer, I think it would be very helpful as we close out this program and my section of this program where I've been emphasizing praying for schools, if we put that into practice. So let's just enter into a season of prayer and begin to pray for our schools. And and I say begin to pray because my prayer is that this will just set in motion something that we can continue day after day week after week, month after month, all throughout this school year and even into the summer and into next school year and that God would set some things in motion through our prayers today and that we would allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us into the needs of our community, the spiritual needs of our community, the physical and material needs of our community, secondarily to the spiritual needs. But oftentimes when we're meeting those physical needs that That opens up a doorway for us to also meet spiritual needs, emotional needs as well. So let's look to the Lord in a season of prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow before your presence right now. We're speaking to the God who created the universe, and there is nothing that is too hard for you. We look across the landscape of our schools and our neighborhoods all around this region. And we think about the problems, we think about the shortcomings, we think about the hurdles that seem insurmountable at times. And God, we know that you can make the impossible possible. And I just simply and humbly ask that you would work and move in a special way in our schools and through our schools this school year. Be with those school ministries. I could start listing off several, and and I won't do that for the sake of time. But, Lord, be with them as they're back into campuses starting very soon. May many students be saved uh, through the witness and the testimony of Christian teachers and of Christian students that they would shine the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ into the places where they go this school year. Lord, be with our students as they are back on campus. Help them to be equipped with all the resources that they need. Educationally, yes. But more importantly, for those whose hearts are hurting, for those who are hungry to know the truth, that they would understand the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that you would be with the families in our area, be with our teachers, especially, Lord, I want to pray for our Christian teachers right now that are on the school campuses as missionaries, and they've been called to a mission field. And I ask you to minister through them, through their words, through their actions, through their reactions, through how they have a biblical worldview that is influencing how they treat their fellow teachers, their bosses, the administration, the staff, and the students that are under their care. May they show the love of Jesus Christ in all those relationships. May you strengthen our godly teachers and give them uh, grit and give them determination. Give them compassion. And Lord, I pray that you would minister through them in a very special way. 
God, I pray for just a great awakening to come across our schools, to come across our churches, to come across our neighborhoods, to come across this whole region. Oh, Father, how we need a great outpouring of your spirit in these days that we live in. We ask you for that and we believe in you, that you are able and we trust you. And I want to just end my prayer thanking you in advance for what you're setting in motion through answering our prayers. I say our prayers because I know that as I am praying, there are other people listening to this program that are joining me in united prayer, seeking your face on behalf of these. And I want to thank you in advance for how you're going to work and to move in us and through us as this school year kicks off. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.